episode number 68. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Paul Hacker. Well, hey guys, how have you been doing? Been good. Been doing good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> life is, life is good. I had a busy old week this week. I was in, um, uh, well, the Netherlands. I had, I, the absolutely the best venue ever. The Philharmonie in Harlem, the original Harlem in the Netherlands. And uh, it was absolutely amazing venue. It was, it's basically, uh, uh, you know, a, a theatre, a music hall, and um, but it was just beautiful. The acoustics were amazing, and uh, yeah, the view from stage was just. I saw you post brilliant. about that somewhere because you were saying it was yeah, the closest was to... thing to, to the, the the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, exactly. Because the big comedians, <laughs> uh, Billy Connolly was like the first comedian to fill the Albert Hall. You know, it was like one of the first sort of comedian, almost sort of. Um, stadium gigs kind of thing and so yeah, I was kind of the reference there because uh, yeah it was it was a big venue I mean you know it's the usual sort of size of crowd but uh it was a big venue two-tier and it was just the screen was beautiful it was just this amazing cinema size screen with a 1080p projector and even with like normal I know I crank my fonts up to sort of 14 points when I'm in visual studio but even when I was down at normal font size um it was just it was fabulous it was great yeah, anyone could read it it was really good screen awesome and uh, the seats were comfy so people you know but it, uh, people could easily fall asleep if they wanted to which was handy <laughs> uh, not that anybody did but uh, yeah it was good so did and, you have a just, podcast yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I did. I was um so we did that. I was in the Netherlands, and then I had to. I was supposed to be there on Wednesday as well for a, like a team meeting with the, you know, because uh, with internal meeting sort of thing. But then um, Carl Franklin and uh, Richard Campbell were um, came over to uh, Ireland, and then came up to Northern Ireland um, this week. So they were up in Belfast on Wednesday, and I just thought it'd be a bit rude to, uh, you know, the one time that the guys are in Belfast and I, I'm not there would be like. Like I was avoiding them, so I flew flew back and uh, went straight into the the show. And uh, yeah, we did a we did a live .NET Rocks uh, recording, which will be out um, end of this month, I think, over on .NET Rocks. Nice. So, wow. See so, how that goes. So you are like a rock star now. You are on .NET Rocks, man. Yeah. Well, and we've been on Radio TFS all this time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it was a. I wasn't a great one. It's not. It wasn't my best episode ever because uh, it started off with um. Like Richard asked me this amazingly in-depth question, and I'm in an audience of like students there. A lot there was a lot of students there, which was great to see. They were brilliant. It was really nice to be in this, like, you know, really young crowd full of students and excited people. And it was it was really nice to record a podcast live. We should definitely do it sometime, guys. Next time we meet up. Yeah. I suppose I'll be seeing you at the MVP summit, hey Paul, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah. I will be going to the summit dot two. Um. So yeah, for this year. So yeah, yeah. So we had two MVP summits this year, Greg. Not just one, yeah. but two. Yeah. This well, one's going to be a good one, too. It's going to be one of the better, because it's just after launch. So it's right. going to be one of the best MVP summits as well. Anyway, that's enough of that. We should probably get on to the show. So uh, um, one of the bits of news that came out was we've uh, announced um, pricing for uh, Visual Studio 2013. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. But basically... Um, there's a we've got a discount going on right now um, for upgrading professional. Um, I'm just trying to think. Is it, it's like a $99 upgrade. Yeah, that's yeah, right, $99. If you get it between now and uh, sometime in the new year, and then it goes back up to $299. But uh, I don't know. The the prices seem you know pretty good and seem, seem pretty much like they were uh, last time. I think is that is that about right, Paul? 
Um, well, I don't really know because I don't keep an eye on pricing. Um, you know, I, I don't see it too much. Um, being an MVP, we get, you know, a full MSDN ultimate ourselves anyway for free. So Microsoft's <laughs> great in, enough to provide in. that. We don't rub it in enough for poor Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an ultimate MSDN as well, isn't it? That is <laughs> an ultimate MSDN as well. That is correct. The guys at Microsoft and gals at Microsoft are very kind to give the MVPs uh, an ALM space, that, that terrific present oh well yeah no it's good sorry sorry about that. but yeah no i think the prices are roughly sort of similar to what they've been before the basic news is um if upgrading is you know the, the price to upgrade you'd, you'd be silly to let your msgn subscription last because the upgrade price is so so competitive so uh yeah anyway uh take a look and we'll you know if you want to know what the pricing is going to be we'll, we'll leave that link in the show notes well anything else we've been announcing while i was um out doing my sessions and things paul yeah yeah so um as some people might know uh, if they're following the um the uh, progression of, of Visual Studio and TFS through 2012. We are on uh, 2012 Update 4 RC. Um, and so uh, if you are interested in getting the next latest and greatest um, for Visual Studio 2012, it's in an RC. Um, it's RC4 2012.4, TFS.4. Um, but uh, one of the things it fixes is like about 68 different bugs. Brian Harry blogged about it. And we can put a link in the show notes. But there's a lot of different bugs in a lot of different areas of Visual Studio and TFS that were fixed with part of this. So it's not super intense when it comes to feature set, but um, but a lot of fixes um, in, in the pipeline there. So uh, one thing to notice and note about that, though, is if if you choose to use the, the RC4 and, and you install it on your machine today and you want to go to 2013, there's no direct upgrade path. So that's one thing you got to be careful of is make sure you go to RTM of the RC4 and, or RTM of the update 4 so you can get to 2013 RTM successfully. Um, or don't install it at all and just go to 2013. It's, it's your call. But don't you can't stay at RC and go to 2013. So just one thing to point out. Yeah, you, we we support upgrading of the RTM releases of everything over to the RTM release of Visual Studio. You know, any of the updates to Visual Studio 2012, um, as long as it was the RTM one you installed, then you can upgrade to the RTM of 2013. Or you could just go straight to 2013 because that's probably going to come out sooner. But we, um, you know, we know that some people can't uh, get um, upgraded to the, the the major version straight away. So, you know, the most critical bug fixes went into 2012. So I got a Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say you just went into the update 24, you know, the update 4 for 2012. So I got a question about that because I work with a lot of customers and a lot of bigger companies don't just hop on the bandwagon just because 2013 is coming out. They're not going there. A lot of them are like N minus 1 or N plus 1. You know, um, what what is N if you have 2012.4 in RTM of 2013, what becomes N at that point? You see what I'm saying? It's really interesting because the um, that's a really interesting question. It's, if you look as well at what's changed between 2012 RTM and 2012 Update 4, um, it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> I, I was actually quite worried at the amount of stuff that we'd been putting in the updates because I was thinking, you know, wow, what we have we got anything for 2013? <laughs> is, it, is it just going to be, you know? But we, you know, we've got we've got color, we've got uh, we've got lots of things actually in 2013. All the code peak and code sense, and I tell you what, my favorite 2013 feature is actually uh, in the pre-show we were talking about font sizes and things. And um, if you now go to tools options in 2013, there's a search bar there. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's yeah, awesome. 
Yes. I just used it, and I was like, oh, 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 wow. But so I, you know, I'd used it before I'd realized it was there. It was, it was fantastic. Anyway, sorry. Um, so I don't know, uh, Paul. I think, I mean, update four is definitely going to be, you know, it's a very stable release. It's lots of bug fixes on top of update three and things. So it should uh, stand everybody in good stead. Um, no, that's an interesting question. I actually think if, if, if they're like the, you know, N minus one kind of customer, then these quarterly updates are really changing the game. You know, it's you've got to say you've got to look at which one of those you want to go for. It's almost it's almost like it was Service Pack Four or something. You know, it's it's a definitely a um, a major change between those releases. But no, Update Four is going to be very stable for Visual Studio 2012, and the um, Visual Studio 2013 RTM is a very stable uh, release as well. Incredibly uh, fast. It's you know the performance of it's uh, pretty amazing actually. I'm, I'm really impressed. Excellent. Okay. Thanks. So one of the things that we had been talking about in past shows that I think you took part in, Martin, was the TFS mm. upgrade we- re- weekend. I actually didn't take part in it in the oh. end. We, we had too many people going, and I had to fly <laughs> over to Redmond quick, so Brian uh, Keller gave me the weekend off. So that was nice of him. So uh, no, but uh, yeah, it was very popular. The, the upgrade weekend was, was, uh, was very well received from what I've heard. Yeah, we've got a post from Angela Dugan. Oh, wow, yeah. And she talked about her experience during that. I hadn't seen many people blog about their experiences uh, on that weekend, but she was basically talked about how she took part in the upgrade and, you know, she ran into a couple um, speed bumps, but in the end, she was up and running and she seems to be very, very happy with that upgrade. So that's good. Yeah, she blogged her real world experiences of doing that upgrade. And, and for me, this is what I really like to see, you know, people out there in the wild because doing these upgrades because I'm one of those people out in the wild. So um, this yeah, is a nice, nice honest opinion of how it actually went. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Have yeah, you been to her homepage today, by the way, Greg? Hmm? Have you been to her homepage yet, by the way, today? No. I like the blog title, title, TFS Whisper. Yeah. Oh, anyway. thanks, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> so for the listeners, so, Angela so, is uh, the so newest day So that's one of the 11. things I wanted to say about it. Angela and I go back. She's she's great. I, I knew her since yeah, she was started at Microsoft. Great. We've known each other for a long time. She's not that far from, way, from where she lives. And uh, I'd like to just kind of do a shout out to Angela because she is the newest uh, ALM MVP um, or one of the new ones. Um, that is come that's uh, coming on in October. So uh, I'd just like to congratulate her for all she does, and she does a lot in the community, and uh, she's well she's deserved. Great. Well deserved. Yeah. Yep. She should have been an MVP while she worked for Microsoft. Really. Yeah, I but, know. Uh, you can't. So uh, yeah, now she's not working for Microsoft and uh, being you know working as a consultant. Yeah, it's very well deserved. So yeah, congratulations, Angela. And actually, you know, you, you know, I whine about not being an MVP, but the ALM MVPs, there there's some pretty damn impressive people, and I, I don't know if I really measure up. Yeah, I, I whine sour grapes about it, but you know, there's some damn good people putting some damn good uh content and work and you know sharing and, and talks and uh, yeah, they are MVPs. They really are. So I congratulate all the MVPs who were renewed or new um this first this couple of weeks ago. So yeah, the ALM MVP category in particular is just a really tough one. Uh, you know, we've, we have there's a limited number of them. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes in, somebody's been bumped from the program. Oh, so I have to kill somebody. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
that wasn't quite how I was trying to phrase it. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Oh. Yeah, but um, Paul, top tip, don't hang around Greg, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, no, so uh, they're, they're a very select group of, uh, of folks. And so, um, yeah, it's, you know, anyone who gets a, a, a spot is um, definitely worked very hard. And Angela's worked harder than most. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased she's got it. Um, so Brian Keller has um, been blogging as well, blogging a storm, um, and he's blogged the top five reasons to. Uh, well, he was presented the top five reasons to new, uh, use the new cloud-based service, um, which is a great video. I, I, I quite often do the cloud um, ALM talk, and he went and did it. You know, in uh, the I think it was Tech Ed Mia. It was down in the Gulf anyway. I'm not quite sure where it was. And um, yeah, he did the you know he did a much better job than I've done. So never mind. Hey ho. So uh, <laughs> and uh, um, uh, Jihad Danawi uh, did a blog post explaining uh, the Brian's top five reasons and gave a link to the video. So if you want to watch the session, it was a really good session. Uh, watch that and have a look. Um, I'm just trying to see what his number one is. Yeah, and the number one reason, of course, it's free for up to teams of up to five people. So that's great. I was I was at a university yesterday doing this recording of the podcast, and uh, there's lots of people who were you know using it in their sort of final year projects when they all have to get together, and they're all using it there. It was, it was really good to see. And um, one of the other things as well is around the um, you know the agile uh, project management that we've been doing. Well, uh, Mohammed Radwan's been blogging up a storm lately. I think we've probably got a couple of it. Yeah, we have got a couple of his posts coming up. And um, he's, he's talking through and just a really good explanation of um, the agile features and how to, you know, how to break down between areas and product backlog items and just sort of shows you how to go through and, uh, and actually do it practically with screenshots and everything. So we'll put a link in the show notes. But if you want to know how to use the the new um, uh, agile features in a in a large team. Then uh, take a look look at his blog post. He kind of explains how 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 you can break work down into sub teams as well of inside a team project. So that's really cool. Cool. And speaking of uh, Mohammed, there um, we have another one from him, um, and he does blog great. I, I, I like the way he he blogs because he makes it he takes it down to a level everybody can really understand. And um, one of the things he was talking about was TFS 2013 access levels for web access features. And, and I like this post because uh, it brings to the attention of people that there's this, there is this security around web access that a lot of people don't know about. When I go into clients, they have no clue that that even exists and that people can turn these features on um, mm. and so or off, however you want to work with them. But it's a great blog post. It describes there's three different types of access full standard in um I forget the last one, but it's like work item view only. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a great post. And, and if you're interested in learning about some security around your web access piece, as more and more of this stuff moves to the web, you're not going to want everybody having access to all those features. It'd be a good blog post to go read about. Um, I know we're probably, uh, you know, it's rapidly becoming the Mohammed show, but uh, um, he's, he's just in a couple of posts as well that I'll stick in the show notes. One is um, obviously he got renewed as his MVP. Congratulations. <laughs> but the, um, the he did a blog post. You was mentioning about features people don't know about, Paul. The, the work item um, only view 
that's in TFS yes. um, 2010. A lot of people don't know about that, that actually you don't need a client access license to be able to create work items and look at your own work items. And you can enable that for everybody in your organization so that members of the, you know, parts of the business can come in and, and just log bugs straight into your uh, team project in TFS. So um, his latest post, he actually goes through and it explains that, which is a, a good post again. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Hey, Greg, would you believe it? It's it's about that time in the show. It's about that time. Oh, I was having a nice little nap there. No. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, I was reading Muhammad's posts like, oh, I know. that is me. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, damn. That's such you know? a good blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy should be really an MVP. Good. Oh, he is. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, but to pay the bills, episode 68 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS dedicated virtual servers, and TFS and ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com, and that's S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. And we want to again thank them for helping us bring the show to you all. And now, speaking of the show, back to you. Martin, I think you've got Great. something. A more TFS yeah, no. 2013 stuff, huh? Exactly. Well, our, our uh, long, uh, um, long lost and well missed co-host Mickey Gousset is a busy guy, hence why he's never on the show anymore. Hint, hint, Mickey. But um, one of the things um, he's been busy doing is he's been doing a lot of um, posts in Visual Studio magazine. He does a regular column over there, and he did a, a column all about the Team Room feature in TFS 2013. That's a feature um, you know I use a lot, obviously being a remote guy, and it's great to have a, a not just a team chat room, which is it's a new feature in TFS, um, this team chat room capability. But also, it's really good because you can go in and you can set which events get logged into the team room. So we actually switch it on for a lot of things, um, like work item changes and check-ins and builds and things. And um, that means when I come in in the morning, I can just scroll up and see not not just what people were talking about inside the team room, but also a big stream of events that have happened, you know, and it's a really easy way for me to just quickly get caught up on, on what happened while I was sleeping overnight. It's um, a great feature. And so Mickey goes through and explains all about the team room feature and um, and how to switch these events on so that you actually see them appear in team room because they're not on by default. You know, we were worried about polluting the team room with too much noise but i've actually found them to be very useful if, if you find it too noisy um the same dialogue that mickey shows you in his post allows you to uh, actually filter the events a little bit and uh, and you know specify exactly when you want um uh, posts into team rooms so no it's a, it's a, a great post i can already see the you get the chain set comments and everything there in that team room i can Already see the fun with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like having Brian the Build Bunny back again, but uh, but in text form. So probably better. So my 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 children don't pick up swear words. <laughs> the the build one's actually the best because it sticks in the build. It like it's really nice visualization of the build stuff. It gives you the build status and it has a cool little histogram and everything. It's great. So one of the things that I like sharing is you know none of us have any time. We're all just in time learners. So the there's a number of free online web sessions that are available, um, TFS related. The first one is, you know, we're talking about upgrades, uh, upgrading to uh, um, TFS 2012 upgrade scenarios by uh, Ramit Gulati, Gulat, and that's going to be October 29th from 4 to 5.30 IST. What is IST? 
it's India Indian standard, standard time. time. Yeah. So, and yeah. the interesting one is it's one of the time zones that's at, at, at a half hour increment. So it's half an hour offset. It's five and a half hours from me is what yeah. I remember. Yeah. So I there you go. Go back to the it's doing conversion, time conversion. But anyway. It, it's um, about 3.30 in the morning, your time, Greg. Oh, well. Because it's 6.30 my time. Who wouldn't get up for that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um. But again, it's free, and you know that is it, being in the U.S. and and you know it, it's I forget a lot about the rest of the world. Funny that, um, but there is a lot of stuff going on around the world. Microsoft has a number of resources and a number of things going on around the world. So you know they're not all Anglo Anglicized, Anglocentric. That's it. Um, so there's one session. Another session happening on um, January 23rd, also IST, 3 to 4.30 p.m. It's talk on the TF Integration Toolkit, which I actually love this tool. I've been using this tool a lot. Uh, we've been reorganizing our teams and, you know, kind of uh, fine-tuning our uh, TFS scenarios. And we've been moving from 2010 to 2012 and, you know, fighting over project collections and projects and organizations and, and that kind of stuff. So I've used this integration toolkit a lot to move work items and source code between all of these. And, you know, I'm about to start rebelling and saying no, but if, you know, if you've got to do it, that integration toolkit is the way to do it. And if you've never heard about this, this is a session that will help you um, get up to speed on that. And finally, I have never seen a talk on the integration toolkit either. So that's, that'd be a great one to do. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, detailed ones that, you you know, there's a lot of stuff you learn just by doing it. So that might be a really good session. I've never seen anybody do one of those before. That's brilliant. And yeah. the final one is automation with lab management. You know, lab management has gotten a little bit quiet recently. Um, you know, it was one of the big things in 2012, right? First came out in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, but it's gotten a little bit quiet. You know, it's just become one of those features that, you know, people use or don't. But if you've heard about it or you're interested in about it, there's another session. This one's October 28th, uh, October 18th. Got the eight right at least. Uh, five to four to five IST again. Um, and Deepak Mattel. 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 Yep. Mattel. Yeah. Is giving that. Anyway. Yeah, it's great. I'm, and I'm actually really pleased to see some, because a lot of the sessions we get are from America. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they tend to be like in the UK, it, I'm only just, it's only just acceptable times for me normally, you know, it cuts into evening times and things. So actually having them on um, in the sort of late afternoon Indian standard time is perfect because it gets, gets all of Asia um, it get, and it get, it's perfect timing for all of Europe. I think the the integration toolkit one, I've actually gone and uh, put it in my calendar because I'm not interested <laughs> in it. And it, it, it's 9.30 in the morning. No, uh, yeah, uh, 8.30 in the morning. That works well so. for you. Yeah, it's just perfect. It's 9.30 European time. So it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad they're doing that. So that's great, guys. Nice. So speaking of MVPs, Paul, I think you've got another MVP. Yeah, so Shai, uh, Shai uh, Rayton, um, Shai is out of Israel. He's a great MVP, and he, one of the greatest things about him is that his blog is always usually around the API. And so he's got about 50 or 60 blog posts focused on API all the way back to, you know, I think 2010. And this this time, he's actually talking about test API and how do you take advantage of uh, of uh, things like adding test steps and shared steps and working with the test API. So if you're ever interested in using the API, he, he really does a good job and he usually includes a sample project with it, which in this case, I believe he's done the same thing again. Um, and, and he outlines, you know, the code on his site and everything. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool because it, it, whenever I'm looking for API 
stuff. I go to him first to get it like, okay, now I know where to go to look for this stuff because he know he's got it all on his blog site. So, um, yeah, it, go check that out again. It'll be in the show notes, but I think it's um part fifty one TFS API part fifty one wow. on uh, adding shared steps and test steps um in in TFS twenty twelve. That's it's you know you got to admire a guy who's got that much stamina to keep doing those as well. I started doing some API posts and I've always got to like three of ten in the in the series before giving up. You know, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's really good. And the test step one's actually one I I actually hear people asking for that quite a bit. It's it's funny you know people wanting to automate test step creation and all that. Stuff, right, so, so. right. Yeah, that's why it's, it's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking of, oh, this is, I'm, I'm really, we didn't do this on purpose. I'm really sorry, Greg. Speaking of fabulous MVPs, Mike Fourier <laughs> is, uh, he's based out of the UK. Um, he's done a, a, a My History a Team Explorer extension. So, don't if you know, the new shiny Team Explorer is actually extensible. And um, the best thing, well, Mike's done a really useful um, extension into Team Explorer to allow you to see, you know, your changes and actually work with your changes. Who'd have thought you'd want to know what you did when you, you know, and we make it quite hard to see. So um, he's gone and put it in. And not only does it work in um, uh, Visual Studio 2012, but he's also got it working in uh, Visual Studio 2013 release candidate. And the best thing of all is, because Mike's a cool guy, he's actually open source his plugin as well over on Coplex. So if you go to myhistory.coplex.com, you can see his uh, project there, get all the source, and not just learn how he did it. And, you know, if there's a feature missing, go add that feature and send it back to the project. But also, if you just want to know how to um, build a Team Explorer extension, uh, just go look through the code. You can just add your own pages and buttons and hubs and all sorts of things into uh, into Team Explorer, it's completely extensible, and the the object model um, when you're trying to add stuff into Visual Studio, it's actually a very very similar object model when you want to add things into Eclipse as well. You know, we, we kept a very similar API pattern for the um, Eclipse version of Team Explorer. So go take a look; it's brilliant. And um, speaking of uh, extensions, Mike Parks and Corey Sissel have also uh, um, published the source code for uh, um, their extensions as well over on Coplex. So, um, yeah, he, he had some visual extensions and they were wondering if they were, you know, going to be uh, ever the source was ever going to be released. And um, just over 100,000 downloads later, <laughs> they've, uh, they finally uh, checked in the source code to their 2010 extensions. So if you want to go through and learn how to do things like the um, uh, the auto shelve extension, that's a really popular one that, you know, auto shelves, you changes the the one around open command prompt, which is actually so popular that it's now actually built into uh, Visual Studio 2013. You open a command prompt and open folder in Windows Explorer, just straight built in from uh, Visual Studio 2013. But if you want to do that, that in 2010, then uh, then they've got the extensions and they've also got the source code for them. So that, that that's brilliant. So thanks, thanks uh, Mike, and thanks Mike Parks and, and Corey Sissel. Good guys. That's awesome. Somebody can take that stuff and they can actually create like an extension for build folders. Um. Yeah, do whatever you want. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the Visual Studio extensibility stuff, the hardest bit is getting your build folders. Somebody's, we've already done a build folders one. Who's, who's that? That's Who's done that one? Somebody's done one? You remember? Really? Yeah, yeah, where they did it, uh, used like oh. dot naming to create the folders. No, no, it, in yeah, it. it's slashes. And it's in, it's in yeah. the form of 
we'll put it in the show notes. It's in a form where we talked about it before. Yeah. It's really good, actually. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you can do that, and somebody's done it, and it's on Copex Ball. So oh, I'll have to go look at it. Yes, yes. Because yeah. Angela well, the, the was just asking things. about it, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely put a link in the show notes. Okay, so. great. Um, but the, um, the, the thing is, the Visual Studio extensibility, once you've got like a shell for it and you know once you've got the the initial bit to hook in it's actually quite easy to do but the it's the getting started that's a nightmare you know getting figuring out how to put the menu items in and figuring out how to extend the panes and stuff so the team explorer extensibility we kind of made a bit easy but the um, the old-fashioned extensibility patterns is quite hard so go definitely go look at the source code for mike parks and Corey sissels if you need to if you need to put something into an earlier version of visual studio sweet cool well with that um I, I love books and information and knowledge on TFS and Visual Studio and any, anything that I'm interested in. I like, to, I like to devour that type of stuff. And one of the things that's come along that I just got a link for, and I don't remember where I saw it. It might have been on Twitter. It might have been in Facebook somewhere. But um, there is, uh, for the folks that out there that don't know, um, Microsoft has bought a product called InRelease. And InRelease is um, there to help with the um, release pipeline for Visual Studio and TFS. And so they're going to integrate it into the product. But but the real thing I'm getting to is that they've released a book, and it's a very small, easy-read book. I think it's like 50 or 60 pages. And it's about building a release pipeline with Visual Studio Team Foundation Server 2012. And uh, uh, if you're interested in like that DevOps type of thing, it walks you through in some small increments through different phases of the project. Um all the way out to a release. So you may talk about the management of it and the version control of it and how you do all these certain things. And and so if you're interested in how to build that release pipeline and you don't know where to start or there's not a lot of good information, I suggest you get this book and check it out. I, I think it's a pretty good book. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, if you, you know, you can download for free the, you know, the PDF version or the Mobi version or whatever. Um, if you're a person that uh, does like, uh, you know, dead tree things, then you can actually buy a paper copy of the book from Amazon. So I'll I'll put a link to the paper version in the show notes as well. But I, you know, I tend to just um, get electronic books nowadays. And rather than making you pay for a Kindle version of it, you can just go get the, sorry, the EPUB version uh, for free. So that's fan- fantastic. Yeah. Lots of free stuff this week, guys. <laughs> It's got to be from free stuff from you coming up, Greg, is there? Yeah, really. So, you know, it's that time of show, the, uh, ALM Ranger time of show. I actually did dig a little bit for this one. I hadn't seen a lot on the ALM Rangers um, doing this week, but uh, this one was kind of nice because it merges a couple things. It takes their uh, treasure map, which we've talked about before, which is a mm-hmm. tool, uh, Windows 8. Uh, wind store application to help you find all of the massive stuff that they, the ALM Rangers have. But it's Robert McLean and he talks about how he, they, um, working on, uh, 2.1, which is in Windows 8.1 product and how they're dealing with the different snaps. Cause you know, in Windows 8, you had, you know, two view modes. You had mm. snap mode and you had full screen. Well, with 8.1, that's changed and they've expanded that, you know, you're not locked into necessarily a fixed size for your snap view. So he talks about how they tweaked the code and how they dealt with that and how they kind of decided what to do with what in the different modes. And um, so I, I, I like these inside baseball or uh, yeah, inside baseball behind the scenes uh, talks on, uh, you know, why they did it and the, the problems that they ran into Uh and he also talks about, you know, how not to do some things or why they chose to go one way. And this is on a Channel 9 talk, so um, recorded in at Build, June 7th, 2013. Um, so, yeah, I, I just like these kinds of things. 
Cool. And um, yet another MVP, uh, El Bruno, Bruno Capuna, has been um, blogging as well. And he blogged about his program management board with Lego. Greg, what's this one? This one sounds crazy. (laughs) You you know what? You just can't go wrong when it's Legos, especially when you merge Legos with ALM. I mean, what what's not to like about that? So he talks about um, how this vitamins company, our vitamins uh, design, vitamins design. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll, I'll link directly to them in the show notes. That's great. And uh, how they are using Legos to or in a Lego board to do their agile project management board. It's just kind of you look at it. It's like oh, you know what? That really makes kind of a lot of sense. If you have that big kind of Lego board. Which would be too. So is hard it a to make. physical Lego board rather than post-it notes? Is it exactly. physical Legos? Exactly. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a wall-mounted time planner, you know, with the swim lanes, and you just physically take the Lego blocks and move them around. I love this thing, and it's Legos. Oh wow, and there's a video, is there as well? There, yeah. Well, well, maybe I might. Oh, I don't know if I can do this with our website. I might try and embed the video <laughs> in. That's really good. look at that. That's crazy. These designers, I tell you, they're mad, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> I got a new project as well. Did I tell you about my um, my traffic light project? I, I told you about that one. Using yet? minifigs on that. Sorry. Uh, no, uh, traffic light. Is is that yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, a Raspberry oh, right. Pi? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be blogging yeah, about a Pi light. Pi light. Oh, about okay. it. <laughs> nice. So um, it's basically um, – so we've got some – Brian Harry's already blogged a little bit about this. We've got some new REST APIs coming out eventually with TFS. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get public eventually. But I was just playing – you know, I'm a PM, and one of the things I do is make, make sure things work how we want them to work. And so I was just playing with the REST APIs a bit to see, see how they were going. And um, I hooked up my uh, Raspberry Pi to the to the build REST API to see if the build was the current build was passing or failing. And it was it was three lines of Python to do that. It was unbelievable. So I was like, well, that's too easy. So so then I was like, right, what can I do this now? So then I attached um, a couple of relays to to it and uh, drive some um, LED lights from IKEA. Um, to, to switch these lights on and off. Oh, it's brilliant. Then um, me and Ed Thompson, who works on my team, were in um, Berlin uh, a while ago. And uh, around Berlin, you see these cool, slightly camp, but very cool uh, pedestrian crossing lights that have got the um, aforementioned, I think they're called. The, these, it's this character they have on the pedestrian crossings for stop and go and um it's really cool character for for a traffic light so we so ed bought them for me because i like them so much which is very cool and so i was like right i've got to do a project so i I hooked up the um raspberry pi to the the lights and the ikea lights being um led lights they're actually driven by 12 volts. So I thought, ah, this is exciting. So there's a, you know, you, you get a 12 volt transformer that plugs into the mains, and then you get four outputs that are all giving you a nice clean 12 volt signal. Um, I only need two lights for a for a, a um, traffic light. So I was like, oh, okay. So then I take one of the 12 volt, the spare 12 volt inputs that should normally be driving a four, you know, third or fourth light. I take that off, put it through a 
car cigarette lighter adapter to USB. So take the 12 volts, step it down to 5 volts, and then use that to power the Raspberry Pi, which then has what's called a Pi Face extension board, which is a, a cool extension board with relays and stuff built in, which can then drive these traffic lights. Um, all self-contained. Oh, yeah, no, no. While I was in Ikea buying these LED lights, I also bought um, a floating shelf. You know, you see these hollow shelves that that look like the floating because you can't see any brackets when they're on the walls. And that's because there's a, a bracket inside the shelf kind of thing. Mm. Um, I, took, I got one of those and um, just hollowed it out and uh, built the put the Raspberry Pi embedded into there and the lights and then stuck these Apple men things on it. So it looks like a, a brilliant traffic light that just floats on a wall. Um, and I can SSH to it, and it just gives me the build status. It's awesome. I really love it. So that's my latest little project. It's a nice little toy project there. So I'm going to um, the the build API. The rest APIs aren't public yet. I probably shouldn't. Uh, no, I'm okay to talk about them. Brian and Harry's already talked about them, so that's fine. Anyway, um, so w- as soon as they're public, I'll uh, put that blog post up and put the source code up on Coplex, and uh, everyone can see that. Hopefully, it, it, you know, it'd be like the next Brian the Build Bunny, but um, you know, but but as a shelf that's been turned into a traffic light, I guess. Anyway, that's. Probably enough of a show, I guess, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if people have got uh, feedback or things they'd like to hear on the show, then please do email us, radiotfs at outlook.com. If it's a feature on um, the latest version of Visual Studio or Team Foundation Server or something you want to hear about how to use in real life, then definitely uh, shoot us an email and we'll, we'll go grab somebody off the team to talk to. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail, of course, on 425-233-8379. Well, thanks very much, guys. That was a great show. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, next week's going to be an exciting week. It sure is going to be an exciting week next week. So, uh, yeah, with that note, we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.